say we are in Sefer Melachim Beis, Perik Yutes, Pasuk Aleph, Vayihi Kishmoa HaMelech Chizkiyahu. So let's just reset. We saw in Perik Yutes that Sancheirev, the king of Ashur, is very upset because it seems that Chizkiyahu is going ahead with a rebellion against him where he's not paid taxes. Moreover, he has conquered Philistine territory and taken back certain cities. And beyond that, it's very obvious that he's planning for a war against Sancheirev. So Sancheirev sends a delegation, a very high-powered delegation. At the head of it, is a man called Rabshakeh, who we suspect, the Mephoshim that is, that he is really a, an apostate Jew. He was a uh, Jew who was either captured in the first Assyrian battles with Israel and taken back and now made sort of an emissary of chief of state. And he comes with two others. They come outside the walls of Yerushalayim, and the delegation is sent to meet them. And they are most disrespectful. Rab Shokeh is full of bullying and bluster, and worst of all, blasphemy, because what he tells him is that, what are you fighting for? Who's going to help you? Uh, we would give you 2,000 horses, he says sarcastically, but you couldn't find riders for them. You have no army. How can you think of an alliance with Egypt? They are toothless, weak, uh, ineffective. They're not going to help you. Chizkiah, he can't help you. He is weakened. He has his own political agenda. The Kodesh Baruch not a chance. He says, look at all the nations we've conquered. He says, where is their gods uh, when we came to battle with them? Um, he says, where is the god of Hamas or Erpod or Tzvavanim or Hina or Ibe? Just rattles off a list of Sancheirev's conquests. At what point in, in Jewish development did did the idea that there was no such thing as other gods really take root? Because we seem to accept in, like, in Nevi'im that, that there's something, that, that it, may, it may not be real, or, but, but they accept that these other nations have gods. Whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, that's fine. They can have other gods, but sometimes... As you're going to see, we adopt their gods, or we incorporate them. But, but the idea, though, really is, is Hashem is the only, there's no other god. He's God, and everything else is fake. You're going to have this, right? Okay. In this parrot. All right. Hang in there. So um, what he does, Rav Shekei, is intimidate them so, and the worst thing is the blasphemy, because he's equating those other gods with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. These gods couldn't help the guys. How do you expect God to help you? And so it's a very sad moment. Again, they tear their clothes, and now they come back to report to Chizkiah this very disturbing, intimidating uh, uh, dialogue. Actually, it was a monologue between they and uh, 
Rabshakeh, because they keep quiet. Uh, incidentally, Rabshakeh incorporates in his monologue an offer for them, surrender, we're going to take you to a different land, it'll be just as good, you will have peace and tranquility, each man under his vineyard and under his shade tree, and they come back totally distraught. Um, so we begin with Pasuk Allah, Perak Yotes, Vayehi Kishmo HaMelech Hizkiyahu, when Hizkiyahu hears the account of his um, delegates what Rav Shakeh has said, by Yikra is Begadav, he tears his clothes, by Yitkas the sock, he dresses in sackcloth, by Yovod Beis Hashem. He comes to the Beis HaMikdash to pray. We learn from this uh, an amazing halacha that if you hear blasphemy, if you hear someone blaspheming, there is a positive commandment to tear your clothes. You rip your clothes in mourning for the blasphemy. But, says the Gemara, and I'm quoting from Sanhedrin, that that if one hears the divine, the use of Hashem being blasphemed by an idolater, in other words, this obligation to tear one's clothes upon hearing blasphemy is that the speaker is another Jew. So now, says the Gemara, the Imtomar Rabshakeh, and if you say this Rabshakeh who did it to B'nai Israel, uh, is uh, why would they do it for him? He is a non-Jew, assumedly, and so there's no chiyav to clear your clothes. And the answer is the Gemara, and this settles the dispute, Yisroel Mumar Hoyu. He was an apostate. Rav Shekeh was Jewish, but he was an apostate. So that settles that. Moreover, the Pesach says, by Yovel Hashem, from this we learn that if one wants to pray to the Kaddish Baruch or even you daven, and while yes, it's permissible to daven yourself, or in a home, or in another home with a minion, but it is best to daven here in the Beis Mikdash, but not having a Beis Mikdash today, the Beis HaKneset is the replacement. It is best to daven your Tfilos in Shul. So now, um, now Shevna, the Sofer, uh, his scribe, dressed in sackcloth, they send them, or Chizkiah sends them, to Yeshayahu Hanavi Ben Amot. That's how serious it is. You will note that Shevna, the scribe, has been a member of both negotiating teams, as it were. He confronted Rav Shakeh, and he is now going to conf- uh, to meet with Yeshayahu to get his assistance. Shevna has a very deep, sinister backstory as well. The Agadah tells us that this Shevna was nothing less than a traitor, a fifth columnist. The Medrash tells us that what he did was fire an arrow over the wall to Sanchero's men with a message, saying, in effect, I am with you. I have men that will be with you. It is King Chizkiyot that's resisting your taking over Yerushalayim. 
And then, and he's not without a following, the Medrash says, Shefna, he tells them he's going to meet with them and his followers. He exits the gates of Yerushalayim, says the Medrash, uh, and Gabriel, the Malach, the angel, closes the door behind him, leaving his followers stuck inside. He comes out alone. The men of Sanchena says, where, where are the men that were supposedly with you? And he says, they, they didn't come. And they said, are you making a mockery out of us? Are you, are you just joking with us? And they take him, they torture him, and he dies a terrible death later on. So that takes care of Shevna. Anyway, uh, they come to Yeshayahu, and they say, It is a very sad day for us, uh, a day of uh, rebuke by the Kodesh Baruch Hu, of the Netzah, a day of shame, because they use the metaphor of a pregnant woman ready to give childbirth. She's in her last contract. He bowed bonim at at the point of delivering the baby, but the woman has no koach. She has no strength even to propel the baby. And that's where we're in. We have no strength. We really have no army. We are at a loss here. Ulai Yishma Hashem Elokecha, maybe the Kodesh Baruch Hu will hear, or oh, has heard, it's called the great Rav Shekhar, that all the things that Rav Shekhar said to us, Asher Shechu Melech Ashur, who the king of Assyria had sent, Adoni Lechorev Aleyhem, to bring blasphemy on us, Chai Ba'ochiach Udvorim Asher Shema Hashem, Kodesh Baruch Hu must have heard this, Elokecha v'nasasa tzvila ba'ad hasheris hanimsa. And we come to bring a tzvila, a prayer, for those that remain. Remember the ten tribes have been wiped out. A lot of Israel has been captured except Yerushalayim. They're in deep worry and deep trouble. And so that's what they're begging Yeshayahu to intervene with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. And now the kings of Chizkiah come to Yeshayahu. So, so there was a real sense at this point that Bnei Israel could be completely wiped out. Yeah, it's, it's over. It's hanging on a thread. I mean, all they've got is Yerushalayim. They've got no army. One of the taunts that Rab Shekei delivered in Yudches is I would give you 2,000 horses. You don't have drivers for them. You have no army. Who are you fooling? What are you depending on in this battle? Well, they did have, they did have enough to take some cities back from the Plishtim. Right, from the Plishtim. They did. So that doesn't happen. Now they, they could be dissipated. In the well, army. you're talking about, I guess, a relative, the Plishtim compared to Ashur. Yes, Ashur is a mighty army, like, as we're going to see. So by Yomar Lohem Yeshayahu, Yeshayahu responds to them. Ko somun el This is what you go back and tell Chizkiah. Ko amar Hashem. Al tirah. Do not fear. Mipnei hadvarim asher shomato. Because what you've heard. Asher gidfu nare melech asurosi. Or the blasphemy. This is Yeshayahu speaking in the name of the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Don't worry about that blasphemy. And by the way, the Mephoshim are almost unanimous in saying what scared them more is the blasphemy rather than the threats. 
uh, and he's to worry. He may mean no sambo, and now if you, this puzzle contains four separate nevuos, four separate prophecies are in there. Alti Rebbe says, Hinenino Sengbo Ruach. I am putting in a spirit into Sancheirim. Don't worry, that's prophecy number one. No Sengbo Ruach. Vishamashmua. He is going to hear certain startling news now. Vishabla Artsel, and it will make him interrupt his battle plan and return to his native Ashur, and he will be killed by the sword in his own land. Four prophecies. I will enter the spirit of Sancheirim. He will, in fact, uh, hear news. The news will make him go back to his native land, interrupting his invasion plans, and in his native land, he will die by the sword. So Vayoshev Ravshikeh, now Ravshikeh is going to look for the king of Sancheir. Assumably, he is headquartered, we say, in Lachish and moving towards Yerushalayim. Vayoshev Ravshikeh Vayimtza Asmelech Ashur Nilcham Al-Livna. He is fighting in Livna, which is in Judea, making his way towards Yerushalayim. Because Rav Shekei has heard that he has left the stronghold of Lachish and is engaged in Libna. And suddenly they hear about Tirhaka, the king of Kush. Kush is popular thought of Ethiopia. He has come to now engage with you. He's fighting you. Now get the depths of the evil malevolence of this man. He's now called away from his uh, goal of Yerushalayim. He must go back to fight. But before he goes back, he sends, he has time to send a very distressing letter to Chizkiah. And he writes in the letter, don't be fooled by the Kaddish Baruch Hu who is supposed to be protecting you. Who's saying, don't worry, we will not lose you, Shalayim, to the king of Assyria. In other words, continuing what Sancheirim imagines the Kaddish Baruch who is telling Chizkiah, he says, of course you've heard how Malchai Ashur has conquered all these lands. You are going to win. Don't worry. Don't buy into the, the propaganda. Uh, they will has their gods, has their God saved them? He's repeating the blasphemy. Has he saved any of these nations or any of the gods? Were they able to overcome me, I, Sancheirer? 
Ayol melech hamas, umelech harpad, umelech lo'iyah sefarmjin, hina ve'igo, another six places where their gods were futile. What makes you think you're God? And then again, he's equating Kodesh Baruch with these pagan gods. Vayikach hizkiyos hasvarm, hizkiyos takes the letters that he sent, Miyar HaMlochim, by Yikra'im, he reads through them, by Yal Beis Hashem, he goes back to the Beis HaMikdash, by Yifrashehu, Fiskiyol, if may Hashem, he spreads them out, as it were, as if the Kaddish Baruch metaphorically is going to read them, by Yisraelel, Fiskiyol, if may Hashem, by Yomer Hashem, Elokei Yisrael, he beseeches him with the depths of Tefillah. He says, God of Israel, Yosef, who dwells above the cherubs in the Kodshe Kedoshim, Atahu Elohim Levatwa, this is your point, Steve. You are the only God, L'chol Mam for every nation of the world. You have created the skies, the heavens, and the earth. Let your ear and listen, Ushma, Pekach Hashem Einecha, open your eyes, Ure'ei Hachibu Malchei Hashur Sakoyim Esartam, how they have destroyed Assyria, all these nations and all their lands. The Nosnu Eselohehem Ba'esh, they threw their gods into the fire, Kilo Elohim Hema, they are not God, they're not divinities in any sense of the word. They are the creations, the crafting of man. Eights, the Evan, they are of wood and stone, and they will be lost. Save us from Sancheir's hands. The and let every nation of the world know, Hashem Elohim You are the only ruler of the world, and so the response will come from Yeshayahu, which will engineer really one of the greatest miracles ever performed for the Jewish people in all history. Eight forty-five a.m. Tuesday.